It is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Laura Beth Wells. Another of my fabulous friends. And fabulous with a capital F. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Laura Beth. Hello. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. I'm so glad that I ran into you at the theater mm. so that uh, you could be here today to fill in for Catherine Frady. Uh, but we'll get started by thanking you, of course, for liking, sharing, subscribing, and... <laughs> Smashing that button for notifications on our YouTube channel. You also can listen on any of the audio podcast apps if you don't want to look at us. But i got to tell you, Laura Beth Wells is here. You're going to want to watch on YouTube. And you're also going to want to see the fabulous beach towel, which makes its appearance yet again on the show. And it will all summer long, except I have it upside down. Those are the Smoky Mountains. And there you go, Laura. You hold the tawdry uh, motel sign. That says, I don't know, it looks like an In-N-Out Burger sign a little bit. It does a little bit. Or uh, a motel in the Smokies is mm. what we're going for. I like it. Yeah, so that's the Frank and Friends Ooh, beach so towel. Soft. I know, they're beautiful. And you can get them on our website at uh, frankandfriendsshow.com slash store. Okay, so Laura Beth Wells, Broadway, oh, theater, the Clarence Brown Theater, re- recently uh, getting rave reviews with Always Patsy Cline. Yes. That's a show for you. That was that show. Ooh. They wrote that show for you, I think, <laughs> and they should have. They could have. That's very sweet of you to say. No, it was. Um, it, it was amazing. It was. Yeah. It was a lot. I have a newfound respect for um, like musical artists that mm-hmm. do um, two, three-hour sets because yeah. it's um, Patsy does all the singing and Louise does all the talking. Yeah, uh, and it's twenty-seven songs in two hours. And the story is about two. A fan and a star who corresponded. Yes. Mm-hmm. Louise Seeger, who um, was a fan of Patsy Cline, they met at a concert in uh, Texas at the um, Esquire Ballroom. Yeah. And yeah, they she kind of helped, Louise sort of helped Patsy out. She was down there by herself. That's great. Um, acted as her de facto manager for the evening. Nice. And then they got to be friends um, until uh, Patsy's um, untimely, untimely demise. demise. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of untimely demises in um, in rock and roll and music history, you know? Our, you know, and the, uh, the, the sad thing about it is that she was in a really, Patsy Klein was in a really bad car crash in 61. And survived. And almost killed her and survived. And she was scared to uh, riding cars so, and that's oh, why her no. manager bought a small plane to take her from gig to gig faster and uh, Dottie West tried everything to get her to drive back with them in and the car is, from Kansas City and she said no I'm going to get on the plane I'm going to be in the car and the plane and this is 10 years after Buddy Holly and those guys or, yeah. or not even 10 years probably more like 5 years after those guys died in a plane yeah, crash oh my gosh I know Ah, but, but I learned so much about her. I, of course, I knew who she was, but uh, yeah. getting to know her, I really feel like I know her. That the, the everybody would laugh at me all the time because I would I would talk have conversations yeah. with Patsy. Um, I'm not crazy at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, wait. The song says you are crazy. I am. Yes, the song says according to the song, you can say, "Hey, I." I that's... But I feel like I learned a lot from her in terms bet, of you yeah. know just being a, a better performer and a vocalist. And um, fantastic. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a now, as a radio thing. geek myself, you know. Um, I was thrilled one time to just drop by the studios of WINC Winchester Mm. in uh, Winchester, Virginia. And the FM station is still around, Wink FM, Mm -hmm. but the legendary WINC AM was the station in Patsy's hometown. So they have behind glass what they call the Patsy Cline microphone. Because she sang into that microphone live on their radio station when she was younger, you know, on her way up. And, you know, they... 
I guess dusted it off and polished it up and put it there. I've got a picture of myself somewhere with oh, it. Oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's but cool. it was kind of, so anyway, my, my wife also loves the music. It's just a great show. Oh, so kudos to you and, of course, you. our friend uh, Terry Alford who mm-hmm. uh, directed and all the great things. Clarence Brown just has it going on. Yeah, they're doing, you know, they're coming back. Um, that's the name of the theater for those of you Brown theater, elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're coming back with some great shows. Um, yeah. Um, I think, um, I mean, I remember seeing, well, we were there the other night to see Something Rotten, which yes. is, uh, I guess what happens is the Tennessee Valley Players, in conjunction with the UT Music Department, will rent out the Carousel yes. Theater. And this is the last time they can rent it out because it's going to get, I guess, rebuilt. Not Is it going to be the same looking? or No, it, it, it'll be different. I, uh, okay. It's going to, they'll take it to the ground and, and build it up. Because, you know, it was never it was never meant to be a permanent structure. Was it like, yeah, because the dressing room looks like a trailer. It looks like yeah. a 1970s construction yeah, trailer. Yeah, it was, it, it actually predates the carousel. Because um, my dad did shows at UT when he was uh, at UT in the Wait, 60s. Wait, so you're saying the carousel predates the Clarence Brown? Yeah. Or, oh wow! Yeah. Wow! 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 Yeah! 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 Because yeah, it's um, old by a couple, and it was never. It was. It was always meant to be a temporary open air theater. It, it used to not have walls. Oh, it was um, a covered okay. amphitheater. So on a college campus, it would make sense mm-hmm. to have a little outdoor space where you could have a little performance here and there, yeah. but not if you're staging a full on Broadway style musical in the round, which makes it exponentially harder. Yeah, but it will. The new structure will have a lot of. It will be able Regular. to be in the round. Um, yeah, oh. it, 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 it'll be able to All be right. in well, the round. Well, there's so many um, new theaters are so beautiful. Yes, I and mean I have know bathrooms in the lobby, See? and you don't have to go next door. And the dressing the, rooms will be. You these know, modern conveniences yeah. like plumbing. I mean, it's I really fantastic. All right, oh, so from the old days. You probably old theaters have a charm, and a certain feel about them because they're old mm-hmm. but they're also miserably inconvenient and uncomfortable oh yes they can be. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the spaces that i've uh, that i've performed in are 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 amazingly decrepit <laughs> oh my co- my cousin was a, a i'll say it, a legendary firefighter in new york and when he was in the theater district mm-hmm. his shtick would be to go to his whole career he would go to all the buildings on his Area in mm-hmm. his in his domain, his precinct, whatever you would call that, uh, on regular days and study them. He would go and study buildings and study the exits and the stairways. And he was actually known around the theater community because he was, um, you know, that he would show up and inspect the buildings. Not really so much that he was trying to get them in trouble as he sure, wanted sure, to sure. know how is he going to get his men out of the building when it catches on fire. Yes, because theaters do that quite well. Especially the old ones. Oh yeah, they're it's all the, wood the, the, the wood. and terrible wiring. They, you know, because it wasn't, you know, they add in this wiring. Yeah. So one time something happens in Times Square, and there's a billboard. One of the billboards is is coming is about in danger of falling down. So they send my cousin up there to to stop to catch the billboard to yeah. whatever it is to do something to it mm-hmm. to keep it from falling on the pedestrians in Times Square. Mm. And he's up there, and the, the mayor naturally shows up. It was Giuliani who was mayor at the uh-huh. time. And he looks up there, and you see this guy swinging like Spider-Man. And instead of thinking, making the Spider-Man joke, he says, oh, that's Captain Manhattan, because my cousin's name was Terry Hatton, and they used to call him Manhattan. That's funny. And there he is up there swinging like Spider-Man and saving the day once again. Ah! Which gets us to Spider-Man. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, Lovely did you segue. see that segue coming? <laughs> that gets a ding right yeah. there. <laughs> so I, I, had, I had that in mind as soon as I said my... So, well, my cousin... <laughs> 
there was, I was trying to tell my grandson Artie, who loves Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that there and now has seen maybe one or two musicals. He saw something rotten. So you know there was a Spider-Man musical. He's like, no, that wasn't. Yes, I'm like, yeah, but there was, <laughs> and they even had <laughs> uh, what's his name, Os- Norman Osborn. They gave him a wife named Emily. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, they did, and which was you. Why I um, and my my role in terms of the relationship. Um, and simply being alive more closely mirrored um, Doc Ock's wife. Ah. Um, they sort of conflated, yeah, conflated our stories okay. because in the comic books, Emily Osborne is always dead. dead. Um, and in this, in this case, I was alive until my untimely demise at the end of Act One. Oh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and, right, and then so, I played a couple of other different uh, do, roles in the end. Oh, okay, in the second act? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to say, do, they get, do you get to go to dinner, or do they make you come back? No, no, no. They, <laughs> they, they got their money's worth. Uh, I did a lot of offstage singing as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, neat. You know, the, the dancers are doing their thing. They need a little extra yeah. oomph, you know. So The, the mechanics of, of, of theater are just... Um, um, a mystery to those of us who don't do it. Mm. Oh, it was, you know, and I would love taking people on backstage tours um, because the entire theater was just every single tiny corner was used for prop storage yeah. or costume storage mm-hmm. or um, and they hang stuff up in the rafters a lot. Um, stuff lived down in the basement. Yeah. There were there were set pieces that were too large. They only could live in the basement would come up on the pit lifts. Um, for their brief shining their moment brief, in shining the show. moment, and then and they'd then, go back down. Nice. Um, they, uh, the show couldn't run with less than, I think, eight stage managers. We had eight wow. stage managers because we had someone to call all of the automation and uh, the lights, and then there was someone else to call all of the flying, and then there was somebody on stage right. Somebody and flying left. refers to Spider-Man having wires like Peter Pan so they can... Actually, you know, um, uh, if you watch um, sporting events, the the cameras that go like this over the field, that was the technology that they used. The bushing would go. and um, uh, So you're flying 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 walls and sets, too, or flying people? Uh, All. Yes, all the things. I'm trying to learn the theater term for flying means... In our case, in our case, there were people flying as well. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, f- something flying in and out would be something coming from, uh, like a, th- a proscenium theater, like the Clarence Brown. Yeah. Um, above, you know, if you're okay. looking at it from outside, yeah. there's the big sort of it, the ceiling goes way way up. Right. Those are the flies. The fly and so space. Okay. The fly space, right? So yeah. stuff can live up there, and in well, in the Clarence Brown, it's not automated. It's it's done by ropes, which is why, Ooh. a little bit of theater trivia yes, for please. it is bad luck to whistle in a theater. Because before headsets, the way that the deck crew communicated with the people on the fly rails was like by ship whistles. So if you whistled, you might get something dropped on your head. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so it's fascinating. Bad luck to whistle in a theater. Don't, Don't whistle, whistle in a the theater. theater. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That is, that's well. why. Excellent. Well, they did a fine uh, job at something rotten. At Clarence, at the Clarence Browns, not that the the Doughty. The Eula Love Doughty. Thank theme. you. And do you know who she was? I don't. I don't know. I believe uh, a patron uh, of the arts. Yes. <laughs> you know. I think we can do this. <laughs> but uh, while we were there, I saw you and your mom and your dad mm-hmm. enjoying the show. And uh, beforehand, before the show, I ran into another fabulous patron of the arts who's well-known in the Knoxville community. In fact, I mentioned her on this podcast last week, Mary Costa, Costa. who is in her 90s. And um, I sat behind her at the um, uh, Marble City Opera production 
of the Copper Queen. And then here it is, another Thursday night. So two weeks later, on another Thursday night, I'm going to see something rotten. And who is at the counter paying cash for her ticket but Mary Costa? And the guy's asking her, well, what's your name? And she's like, Mary Costa, C-O-S-T-A. And she's writing it down for some reason. And how do you wish to pay? She says, cash. And she pulls out $25. And he's like, okay. And he has no, he has no concept mm-hmm. of, of this. So I actually said to him, I said, you know who that was, right? No. I'm like, oh, dude, that's like Mary Costa. Like Mary Costa Plaza, Mary Costa. Like um, Sleeping Beauty, Mary Costa. A true so, Disney princess. Yes. I mean, because they also, you know, she had her dance around, and then the artist drew mm-hmm. based on watching her movements and filming her movements, and she sang, that. and she spoke, and she's all the things, and she, um, as we established, I meant Catherine Frady actually told me that Mary uh, played Kunigunda in um, Candide, mm-hmm. and you were in Candide when they did it. I was. Brown. But when it, the first, when it premiered in London, so it had been in New York first, then they did the show in London. Mary was in it in the original London production. I'd love to hear that. Or the first London production. Well, anyway, so she's a patron of the arts, and she's a sleeping beauty, and she's sitting there. So we get settled in. We deliberately got there early because festival seating. And we got great seats in the second row center. And this other family is in front of us, and they've got this adorable little girl who... I learned later is about 10 or 5th grade-ish. So, ten, so probably the same age as your daughter, mm-hmm. Lily. And she's, you know, wide-eyed and, and she's in, she wants to see theater. <laughs> and you can tell by the way, just, just by the way the family is acting, that she does something. And I asked, because I'm nosy, and she's <laughs> on a competition dance team. And I thought, oh, that's fantastic. And it's, in fact... You know what? If your mom is watching, little girl, uh, hi, mom. Um, why would the little girl watch? <laughs> it makes no sense. But the mom said she might watch. Uh, I think the name of the dance team was Revolution. It just came to me. It's a very highly ranked competitive I've heard of them. Okay, yeah. dance team in, in Knoxville. Well, they're all there and they're just getting excited and they're taking pictures with the program and doing all the things that you do. And I say to her, I can't hold back. I can't say hold back. I said, Have you ever uh, watched a Disney movie? <laughs> Which. In hindsight, sounds like just horrible. If I didn't have my wife and grandson sitting with me, hey, kid, have you ever watched a Disney movie? (laughs) There's a van outside that says free candy on it. (laughs) But I was talking really to the mom, and it turns out the mom had heard me on the radio before, so it wasn't really... The mom was comfortable. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, he, of course, this is that lunatic. (laughs) Well, I said, Mary Costa's over there. So they think, maybe you can go to picture. Go Go ask her. I said, she would love it. I know Mary Costa well enough... I don't know her that well, but I know her well enough to know that she embraces all fans, especially little girls who want to see Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Loves it. So they go over there, and Mary stop, drops everything, stops what she's doing, and says to the little girl, oh, well, if you want a picture, why don't you come sit on my lap for the picture? Oh. I mean, and this is, just they're over the moon. They get the beautiful picture, and then the, uh, up for every That's minute up until the show starts, the little girl is Googling Mary Costa and Wikipedia and looking at pictures, and her eyes are just getting wider, like, this is who I just met. I just met. <laughs> I was so I excited that it was, you know, that was the case. So that was like a big, I, I thought that was, there, a, yeah. that was a big deal. I love seeing it. And I thought that they did a really, I thought, I thought the show was great. And I you really knew a bunch it. of people in the cast, as did my wife mm-hmm. and I. So naturally, at the end, I saw you run up and greet several people. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I wanted to do the same. You know, Roxanne, who played um, the minstrel at the beginning, is someone who my wife has known since fourth or fifth grade oh. because she went to the school where my wife works, right? And my wife even helped her when she was just a little kid and had to go sing at the church. My wife said, well, here's how you do it. I'll, I'll coach you. 
So we love Roxanne, um, and then uh, a bunch of the other, you know. I did a show once with Jessica. Jessica Majors Rankin. Mm-hmm. I was in the, you know what, I was there. I have a picture of us, of all together. I think so, yeah. That's, Over first, Flying Anvil, that's the yeah. first time I met you. I remember it. I remember it very distinctly because that's how we met. It was I went to see the show with uh, with you and Jess Majors Rankin and others, and now she teaches the theater program with Laura Schoonemaker, who mm-hmm. played the Puritan girl. Um, mm, the name just came out of my head, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, not Phoebe. It's another. Oh, B um, is is Jess's character, but we'll get to it. But you're right, not Fiona, but something something nice. But it was so. But we knew people, and. We're going around, and I want to. Artie's with me. I'm dragging him around, and I'm excited. Oh, look! There's the guy who played uh, Thomas Nostradamus. So I don't know. Well, and Artie's. Look, That's Mike Watkins. I found out. Mm-hmm. I found out. We were in a production of The Fantastics together in the early '90s um, uh, over at uh, uh, somewhere on the UT campus. Not 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 Wesley, but. Um, one of the other places. One of one of the places. one of the other small. Well, he's one of those guys I imagine who is the consummate male theater guy, and and I read a an article from some other city where they were complaining about the men in community theater because they're in such short supply mm-hmm. that they often miss by, by necessity multiple rehearsals. <laughs> Because they're doing multiple shows. They're in another show, yeah. <laughs> and whoever this, uh, and it was obviously written from the point of view of an actress who is saying, rrr, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. we're fighting for roles, and the, and there's so few roles, so few men for these parts. And rrr, they need to be more roles for us and less for them. And rrr, well, it is true. There's story? there's a, a a funny meme that I saw once that said, you know. Uh, girl doing high school theater I'm so glad that I've dedicated my life and I've done all of these dance classes and voice lessons since I was three to be ensemble person number seven (laughs) and you know boy in high school musical theater theater teacher runs into the the track meet and says you are you free come do the show come play the lead (laughs) it's it's the truth it's the truth it's kind of true there's just um uh, well jess majors rankin directed a production of music man at catholic high Mm -hmm. and coincidentally the the kid who was her lead music man and had been the lead in 42nd street the semester before and so on and so on has now graduated and he was in the cast of something rotten and did great you know, because he, uh, he rose to the, the top and worked his tail off and did a mm-hmm. great job. So we're going around saying hi to all these people we recognize. And at some point, my grandson already, he's just had it. He's like, you know, I don't have to meet everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think Artie and Lillian would get along. I believe, I believe your daughter similar. would get along very well. One of the things I really liked about the show, you know, we're talking about Spider-Man and big shows and flies and all of that. But this was this was sort of the opposite end of that, uh, yeah. which actually is very Shakespearean. They, they have to minimize they didn't it. Have, they didn't have have a lot of set pieces in, sure. in, in Shakespeare's theater. Um, it was, you know, boxes and chairs. And, yeah. and, I, and I actually really, I love that yeah. theatricality element of it, where your brain mm-hmm. fills in the rest of it. Well, you have a chair and a desk, and, a th- and, and all of a sudden you're in a room, and then that goes away. And I, I loved that. Well, they're going to do Murder on the Orient Express at Clarence Brown next mm-hmm. season. Um, my wife and I saw a production of Murder on the Orient Express at Theater Downtown Knoxville, which is another yes. tiny little organization like Tennessee Valley Players, and they use boxes and chairs. So they just had benches, and, the, and depending on which way they turned the benches, that became the train. 
I remember thought, those benches. I was teaching. Uh, of course I, you do. Well, I Your was name teaching, is probably written under them. <laughs> no, I was teaching, because um, uh, I teach uh, Theater 100 or yeah. Intro to Theater at uh, both UT, and in the past I've, I've taught at Pellicity as well. And uh, some of my students uh, in my theater 1030 class they call it over there built those benches because they get one of the th- they have to have a project right. they have to do and one of the ways they can do the project is do volunteer hours outstanding and, and, and my some of my students built those benches I remember them going well that. carpentry gives me an excuse to take a brief pause for our sponsor which is the Middleburg Barn at Fox Chase Farm which is in Loudoun County Virginia just outside Washington DC and it was built five years ago in 2017 using the ancient methods no okay. nails they use what's called mortise and tenon to fit the pieces of the barn together, much like they used to in the you know 200 years ago. And my friend Maureen decided that's what she wanted. She's got this horse farm where they do the jumpy horses, you know, and it's the hunt country of Virginia. Yeah, I don't know what Is else. Is that a technical term? No. I, I, I should know the technical term, but they're the horses that jump over things. Instead of the horses that run around in circles, right. you would steeplechase them or you would put them in the Olympics, for example. Like there was, oh, yes. there was some guy who had, was well-known, apparently, for being in the Olympics back in the 40s or 50s, who retired up there, and he passed away within the past few years. But everyone's like, oh, of course, everyone knows the great Olympian with his jumpy horses. <laughs> and he would ride up till practically he died. And this, but people oh, up there, they, they're all into beautiful. that. So she's got this farm where they, have a, they do horse shows. But she built this barn and decided to make it rustic luxury. So it's got um, Swarovski crystal chandeliers, and it's got the ultraviolet HVAC system, and it's got this, they call it the Gucci barn. It's just spectacular, and they will rent it out for uh, shows or weddings or corporate events, fundraisers, all of these things. The the Wedding Wire um, wins the awards, the Couple's Choice Awards on Wedding Wire for being, you know, just the the most gorgeous. gorgeous. And then it's right there in, in... um, Middleburg, Virginia, which is, you know, I, I like to say it's where JFK and Jackie would go for the weekend because they sure. did. There's a plaque on the pew where they were sat on that last Sunday that he was alive, you know. I know. Get, it. Get out of here. It's right there. <laughs> so, and you got the Blue Ridge Mountains in the background. You can open the doors oh, if you, if you, you want to, you know, d- use the outdoors as part of your uh, party. Sure. Throw the doors open. If you don't, close them up. So it's anywhere from 100 to 400 people can be comfortably you know, seated inside, and you can get all day, you know, hire a caterer, or do whatever you're going to do. Just have a barn dance. It really, it does whatever you want to do. Uh, call my friend Maureen, area code 540-687-5255, or look them up online and see the pictures of everything I just described at themiddlebergbarn.com. So how about that segue, huh? That's a fantastic I segue. Know. That's keep, a ding. <laughs> keep working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, went out uh, over the weekend to Oak Ridge, and coincidentally, while we're on the topic of theater, we saw Thomas Nostradamus, Mike Watkins. He was sitting in front of the Oak Ridge Playhouse, um, handing out brochures for their subscription season, because that's where the Lavender Festival was. I've always wanted to go to that, and I've never been. Well, uh, me too. I was wondering, what, I missed it again. what is it like? And on the one hand... Um, and I don't mean and I don't mean anything negative or positive toward it. On the one hand, it was like every other street festival that I've ever been to uh, from a radio perspective, where we would go, we'd set up a booth, and we'd stand there for hours. And actually, this was better because I got to walk around the festival instead mm-hmm. of being stuck in my own booth the whole time. But you have you know booths lining uh, Jackson Square. They close off a street. There's food trucks, and there's people selling their homemade honey or their lav- homemade. 
And all oh, to do with lavender. Not, yeah. Mostly. Mostly. Lavender you know, adjacent. There are people selling actual lavender, mm-hmm. whether it's in the flowers or things made from lavender. But then, you know, I'm sure if you looked hard enough, there's somebody selling uh, replacement gutters. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's... That's what you have. To your lavender. Yes. So Mike Watkins is over doing theater brochures. There was a guy who represented the Seed Library, the Oak Ridge Seed Library, which is a fascinating concept to me because it's part of the Oak Ridge Public Library, and the Blunt County has this. And he mm-hmm. said maybe Seymour, and I don't, I haven't done enough research to find out if I can join a you Seed Library. So here's how it works: seed. you get a library card, mm-hmm. like for like for books, and then you go there and you can check out seeds. From the li- seed library, they use the old card catalog. Remember the old card catalogs? Sure. Well, they now have those drawers have seeds in them, and they give you these seeds for like cucumbers or tomatoes or whatever. I like and you're that. supposed to go take them home and grow them, mm-hmm. and then the next year you're supposed to, or whenever you harvest, I guess you're supposed to bring back the seeds of your success and return them to the oh. library after you eat the Do fruit. Do they teach you how to like dry them and preserve them? I, you know, they probably Property. do. I mean, I think you get the feeling that uh, everyone who is involved in this project already knows all that stuff. Got it. That, you know, there's a, there seems to be a certain hurdle of... <laughs> <laughs> you know, got it, got it. If you're yeah. going to the seed library, you know why you're there. Yeah, there seems <laughs> to be a it, certain, you know, level of... Because I'm, t- I'm trying to talk to the guy about seeds, and I'm realizing I, I got nothing. <laughs> and he's... he's and well, if you have this and this, and he's talking about cross pollination, and I'm thinking, oh, you lost me. And these two different, I know, I know. I said, look, I have figs, and I. You have figs? Oh boy, do I have figs! <gasps> do you like figs? I love. Figs. Do you need a fig plant for your house? I would kill it. I'm horrible with plants. Okay, I'll. I you'll be surprised that um, I'm. I thought I was horrible with plants, but I grow the figs, and they they seem to just grow like weeds around my house because really? I just I allow it. I don't, you know. It's a fig paradise. It is a fig paradise. I'm growing a fig forest out there. I've got fig row. And um, anyway, but I'm t- I had the conversation with the guy about that. I'm walking around, checking out. They have um, uh, some guy's got a little art station for kids that mm-hmm. already love with a little picture, oh. paint a picture or bang on a drum. And he was really good at that. Someone said, he should be in music class. He's banging on the drum with some kind of semblance of less annoying sound than the other child. <laughs> um, and one thing I noticed, though, is... That all the people, most of the people, and it's, I can't say this entirely, but I noticed a lot of people around who just struck me as being slightly older than me, like the people that I would have known who were like seniors in high school when I was a freshman, sure. or maybe they, you know, but let's say even more, let's say more like the five years older than me, that crowd that were, you know, I, I love the... I, I, came in on the end of disco, and I loved um, new wave music, mm-hmm. right? Well, these are the kids who are like Neil Young. Got it. You know, and whatever else, James Taylor, and, and all, still the Beatles, all that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So I was, I was thinking, looking around, and all these people, they've let their hair go completely white, you know, and they look good, pretty good, you know, but they've got that look about them. And I realized this Lavender Festival should be sponsored by the AAR Hippie, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they are, is they're a bunch of hippies who have hit, you know, like, well, pushing 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, the, to me, the target audience for the Lavender Festival. My mom always says that she was as much of a hippie as her dad would let her be yeah. in the late 60s in, in, sure. in, in halls. She grew up out in halls. <laughs> um, and um, she, she, loved, she, too, loved the Beatles and, and all yeah. of those. She, she fits right in. So she, I have this huge gap because my parents... Um, 
didn't have any interest in that. They were, they were, I mean, they liked Broadway and they liked opera and they mm-hmm. liked classical music. And, you know, so I'm, I never, was never exposed. I didn't have an older brother or sister. So around the house, you know, we're, they're listening to show tunes and they're listening to the talk radio station in New York, which is mm-hmm. WOR, Rambling with Gambling, and this old-timey, you know, <laughs> the Arlene Francis show, where she would talk right. about Broadway oh. for like an hour, which maybe sounds familiar if you've been watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> On the Broadway. Yes, you know, Arlene Francis. And she's like, well, I have to go beyond who, what's my line? Right, right, right. Or whatever she was on. So that's what I mean. That was my exposure to it. I didn't start listening to popular music until probably like the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. I missed out on all that. So I was an only, I still am an only child. And well, you never know. <laughs> you never know. And but I, I was sort of the same. I just listened to what my parents listened yeah, to, yeah, yeah. which was Peter Paul and Mary and the Carpenters okay. and Simon and Garfunkel. And so that is my memories of yes. listening to music as a and and it wasn't really until i was in high school and kind of like driving my own yeah. car and listening to the radio on my exactly, own i was exactly. in control of the dial that it i changes it. sort of discovered you know music that was more like age appropriate i yeah. suppose yeah uh, exactly the same thing i was able to finally start driving myself to high school in my senior year of high school mm-hmm. and i'm listening to 66 wnbc and uh, you know wabc and that's kind of stuff on am uh, and that so there's this gap when i talk to my friends about radio like well don't you remember that song by redbone i'm like no i mean i to me it's always been an oldie i never i never knew it when it was new (laughs) and it's interesting with a a 10 year old growing up now sort of in this age of streaming and digital we have she has her playlists on 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 spotify Spotify, on our phones and she the rule is she has to ask to use the phone yeah. like before we get in the car uh-huh. because I'm you know inevitably it's like you're you're already like pulling out driving can I listen to no I'm driving yeah. the car I'm too right. busy but so she gets she plugs it in she just and so she she sort of listens to her music and and well, on long con, car, long car trips we have a rule that like everybody gets a turn like we're not going to listen to um, and we're typical sure. parents like well, I have noise, to show you blah, blah, blah. I'll have to show you that uh, Artie my grandson mm-hmm. when he comes here he's allowed to he's got a Spotify playlist right and uh, we worked on it starting last year but the amount the songs on it are just so bizarre because you've got these songs that are from um, video games like uh, yes. Plants vs. Zombies yes the okay. video game songs so are so this thing. one is from Plants vs. Zombies from the Me channel then you mix in Queen We Will Rock You Thunder Imagine Dragons you Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. Several other Bon Jovi songs. A bunch of these children's songs. Then you get in to Trans-Siberian Orchestra and Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis, because I showed him a video of Dennis Quaid as Jerry Lee Lewis set a piano on fire. This is very well-rounded. I'm very impressed. He's got Rocky Top, which he loves, because he, he loves coming here to visit. I mean, um, the theme from Jurassic Park. Lily's really into the John Williams stuff. Yeah. She likes to listen to the It's amazing. It resonates with the kids. Mm-hmm. So he, he said the other day, he said to me, can we add some new songs to the playlist? And I'll bet you it's going to be a bunch of the Something Rotten stuff. Because I bet it will be. we were listening to that um, on Spotify as we were driving around mm-hmm. the other day. Oh, I love that. Isn't that something? That is. I, I used to listen to the, the first play that I really remember that like got me, got Got hold of me, as my mama would have said. Uh, I saw Peter Pan at 
the Clarence Brown Theater when Fantastic. I was about already. So I was about. I was trying like to explain nine. to him that it's traditional to have a woman play Peter Pan. Is that? It is. Yes. Is that, is that, was I accurate on that? Mm-hmm, because you I was thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking Mary Martin. Mary Martin and. Um, and then more recently, Sandy Duncan. Well, mm-hmm, more recently, Sandy, yeah, Sandy, Sandy Duncan. Duncan you know, both made huge careers out of playing. And I think part of that is because it is supposed to be an adolescent boy. Yeah. And Kathy um, Rigby, who's Kathy a gymnast, Rigby, did yeah, a um, national tour. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's part of it. But actually, it it was it was played. by... By a man when they did it at um, okay. when they did it at Clarence Brown. Wow, that's Brown, so controversial. I know, right? <laughs> back, back in this would have been early eighties, I suppose. Well, um, if you got a guy who can mid-80s. physically do the part and and hit the notes, mm-hmm. that's part of it, yeah. right? And it, I, I was obsessed, obsessed, and I had. Did you have um, to crow about it? I did. I crowed about it, and I was so obsessed. I had the soundtrack. That's a on, uh, Mary Martin. That's a Mary, Peter Parton. I got a crow. It's a long, Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, and I had the soundtrack on cassette tape uh, and would listen to it every night before bed. And the part where they do the pledge, I yeah. pledge and I won't grow up. Oh, I'd get oh, my bed and I bet. And I had to stay awake till at least then. Oh, oh I know. We had it. I mean, we're older. We had it on vinyl, the Mary Martin uh, LP, mm-hmm. which was a TV production. I don't know how, I think it was written and produced for television more so than uh, theater. I think they did it in theater after the fact. I but I think it was intended to be a live TV show, and they ended up... Now, of course, I'm now pulling all this trivia out without doing any research or any homework, so I'll have to look it all up. But my recollection is it was such a huge hit that they didn't have a recording of it. They had to do it. They did it again did it, every yeah. couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's a great uh, arrangement of it. And, then, and my version of Cinderella that I go to is also the TV version mm-hmm. of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Rogers and Cinderella with... Uh, Leslie Ann Warren as Cinderella. She's my Cinderella more mm-hmm. so than the cartoon. Yeah. And oh, those absolutely. songs. Yeah. Oh, those are, I used to do the um, Stepsisters Lament from that <gasps> by myself oh, as my was, audition song oh, when I was a kid. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great piece. Hilarious. I'm saying, I think it was uh, Car- Pat Carroll was in the TV version that I remember. What if I want a girl like her? Yeah. <laughs> little, little 10 year old me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Laura Beth, you're an absolute delight. So let's let's wrap this episode right. and have you back for another one. Sounds great. I because there's so much more that we can talk about. And if you do enjoy audio entertainment like this, and obviously like we do, uh, check out Audible, where you can get just thousands and thousands of titles. And if you use the uh, URL audibletrial.com slash show, you'll get a free 30-day membership, premium membership for 30 days. And premium members get a credit every month to download an MP3 and keep it. So whether it's, uh, I think I would recommend finding the longest audio book you can find, you know, one that's in the six, seven, eight, ten hour range, and download that one. Assuming you can get it for one credit. The longest book you can get for one credit, that's what I would download. (laughs) But also, once you become a, a continuing premium member, then you get a credit every month, then you can bank them, and you can add them up, you can download something every month, or you can listen to the stream. They've got our podcast on there, they've got dozens, thousands of podcasts. They're now creating custom audio entertainment just for Audible, so they wow. have an exclusivity there. And, you know, it's also available, especially on your Amazon devices, because it's the same company. You can easily listen to it on your Amazon Echoes or Alexas or whatever you call them. They've got great apps, a great app for the phone and for the tablet, and it saves your place. So when you stop listening in the car and turn off the car and then you want to listen in bed, it just picks up in the same spot, even if it's a different device. It doesn't have to be the same. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's all cloud, you know, (laughs) it knows knows all. So that's uh, Audible. I am the Borg, the Borg is I. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Resistance is futile. Resistance. Uh, the, uh, that's com slash Frank and Friends show. Uh, check out our merchandise at our website, Frank and Friends show uh, slash com slash store. Like these mugs. And actually, also like the canvas print that I've hidden cleverly on the wall behind us. Please. Please enjoy. Um, bucket hats, uh, T-shirts, um, hoodies for a cold night, whatever it is you need. We've got uh, a couple hundred different things on there that you can check out. And you're supporting the show. You're helping me buy batteries when you do that. And I believe me, I just had to buy another box of batteries and I could use your help. <laughs> In fact, you batteries even, ain't cheap. You could even just PayPal me the money. Send it to, to Show at gmail.com. Uh, Laura Beth Wells, I'll see you again uh, real soon, a couple of days for the next one. And we appreciate your watching, liking, sharing, subscribing, smashing that button for notifications. It is the Frank and Friends Show. I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Laura Beth Wells. And we'll talk to you again next time. Has the bell stopped chiming yet?